Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about the art of teaching with the help of special guest Paul Cardis of On3 in Madison, Wisconsin. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey everyone, Tim Fowler here and welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. As we always do, we encourage you to send in some ideas for the programming. Uh, get, send them to me at tim at remodelersadvantage.com. I just received one the other day and I'm reaching out to the podcast world because somebody asked me, uh, do we know anybody that uses uh, a service to do estimating? And so if you do that and would be willing to be on the show, I'd love to talk with you. So get in touch with me about that as well. Tim at remodelersadvantage.com. So I'm excited about every show, but I'm really excited about this podcast today. So as many of you know, Steve and I, through the podcast and myself, through trade shows and other sessions that I do, we've been beating the drum for training, okay? Uh, We've been saying, you gotta train people. And it usually goes like this, at least from my side of things. Stop hoping and wishing that you're going to find fully trained people to do the work that you need done. Get busy training. Now, uh, sometimes I get a little frustrated because we're all we're still saying, I can't find good help. I can't find good help. And that frustrates me because we've been saying it for 10 years and we need to get busy doing something else. So I'm really delighted when I hear about opportunities that are out there making it a little bit easier. Now, everybody note, I said a little easier. Nobody's going to do this for you, right? They're just going to provide you with some tools that can make this a little bit easier for you. So it's always been a revelation to me that many of us don't grasp what's really necessary to actually teach someone a skill. For many of us, and I'm one of these people, you know, we can watch somebody do something and then with a little bit of practice, we're able to do the task. We're, you know, we we learn from a lot of different perspectives. And so our expectation is that everybody else will be like us and they're not. And so I've heard business owners, production managers, project managers say things like this. You know, when I needed to learn this, I just read JLC or maybe it was fine home building and boom, I was able to do that. And the expectation is that everybody else is doing the same kind of thing. And then for others, we just blow people off who don't pick it up as fast as we do. And we call them unmotivated or here's that other expression that I hear a lot these days. They just don't want to work. And so it's like, wait a minute, we got to get that out of our head. So we're going to spend most of this podcast just talking about how people learn. And then our guest is going to introduce his platform that I think is a golden opportunity for people to be able to uh, help them. And again, you can't just rely on somebody else to do this. You've got to do it. But there are tools out there that can help you. Steve, let's get started. 
Okay, so Paul Cardis is the co-founder and acting CEO of On3. Paul developed the idea for On3 following the sale of his previous company, Avid Ratings. His goal was to solve a pervasive problem within the industry, creating a mobile AI-based source of truth for construction knowledge, serving builders, remodelers, and trade contractors. Welcome to the show, Paul. Thank you so much, Steve. Great to be here. All right. This is going to be fun. So um, so give us a little background on yourself and then maybe a little bit about this on three. I mentioned that we'll talk about it later in the podcast, a little more depth, but but I just wrote down the question like, why on three? <laughs> Wait, well, on three is really a, a kind of a, a play on words with the team on three, right? If you if you've got kids in sports or or in your sports yourself, you'll know the whole you know team on three, and then they go. And so we just kind of liked it, and, uh, and we want to build better teams, and so we we adopted that name. So, what was your previous company? Uh, previous company was called Avid Ratings. We were a customer experience measurement firm. We worked with builders and remodelers for 28 and a half years. So I've been in construction my whole professional life. Yeah. So those of you who uh, heard the episode we did on the customer experience with Camille Jenkins, uh, Paul and Camille were doing that program at the uh, International Builders Show that I introduced uh, during that time. So we know there's a big challenge hiring. I'm not certain that remodelers particularly have really embraced the challenge of training uh, or teaching uh, new people coming in. Just your thoughts on why this is such a challenge for us as an industry. Well, it's the whole industry, really. I mean, it, it's just pervasive throughout. Most field worker uh, jobs right now lack good training. And I think that's it's two part. Uh, it's one, I think that uh, it's hard to do when you're talking about training on, you know, things that we do with our hands or workers that are working on their feet or working out of a truck. They don't have the ability to really access the, the same platforms that, for example, your sales team would, right, where they can go online and go to a podcast or 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 join an a, a, a online program and really go through something. So um, there's a real big problem there. And I think the industry also is very difficult to capture what we do, right? When you think about it, there isn't like a library of construction that we can go to today and, and works for everybody. And the, and the reason that is, is we've got 7 million building products that we could use. <laughs> and we've got thousands of different code jurisdictions that those products need to be uh, applied in. Um, so to think of like this centralized library is is really impossible. Yeah, so I think too. That's inhibited us. Yeah, I think one of the other challenges is that uh, a lot of the business owners and managers of companies sort of grew up in the trades, and they have a way they want it done versus the way that a competitor wants it done. It might be the same code, might be the same local area, same building material, but it's done just a little different. And I think that's a become part of the challenge as well. We don't do it that way. We do it exactly like this. So you I think, it. Yeah. yeah, I think what we're saying is you, you really have to accept the burden of training in order to make this, uh, you get, it's almost like you have to hold up your right hand and say, I have to train people. Otherwise you're never really going to accept this. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, it's kind of like a sports team. Again, going back to the sports analogy, right? You know, coach wants you to tackle this way versus another way. And and, and so you're always going to have these idiosyncrasies. So that was the big challenge was like, how do we make this all work? But we still need a single source of truth. That's not an excuse, right? When you think about it, it's hindering our industry that we're still training the same way we did in the 1800s, which is, you know, <laughs> basically, you know, apprenticeship model. And uh, with today's technology, we can do this better, faster, and and frankly, uh, have greater results. Yeah, and I've, I've often used the illustration of uh, when many people my age and even maybe a little bit older, when we entered the industry, it was kind of like, you haul plywood and two by fours and dig ditches for two years, and then we're going to let you pick up a saw. And that's not going to fly with the, the the culture that we have now or the people that are available for the workforce. They want they want to get right into it. And so I think the training is is really critical. So it's just so let's let's pretend like we accepted the challenge. Right. We say, all right, we're going to have to train any kind of basic thoughts about training or teaching yeah. that you want the listeners to grab onto that will kind of set the stage for like, if, if you get this part, it will work. I really don't like the word training. I kind of okay. have, you know, I cringe when we use it because you train dogs, you don't, you know, necessarily <laughs> train people. But again, I don't mean that in a derogatory sense, but I, but what I really think we need to be uh, working on as an industry is coaching. I think if we can coach people better, and again, going back to a sports analogy, you can turn C players into A players sometimes, and if you can coach well. And this is where, you know, we've really focused our work. And I did some um, uh, training as well, did some postgraduate stuff where I got to be with some of the shoulder to shoulder with some of the best companies in the world that are doing this, like Starbucks today. I, that was a real interesting case study. And I got to meet some of those folks. And they basically take these 18 and a half year old kids and turn them into Italian baristas. And they do it very consistently across 10,000 stores worldwide. How do they do that, right? Well, they don't just magically dip into the employment pool and find these wonderful people and they just come out perfect. Uh, right. They make them, they train them, uh, and they turn average kids into superstars. You know, so sometimes, I, sometimes I sit here and I go like, all right, I can hear the listeners talking. So the listeners are all out there, Paul, going like, yeah, it's easy to make a cup of coffee, but sure. putting up crown mold is much or building stairs or, you know, squaring up a foundation or whatever it is, is much more difficult. So give us a little bit in your mind, like what are some of the basics of coaching? We're going to go with your words here. What's the basics of coaching maybe that makes it different than training, but also that actually gets you the results that you want. Yeah, I think the the key to coaching is that we've been telling uh, our employees what to do instead of showing them what to do. And and that's one of the things that I really work on right now is it's uh, you, you, if we can show more and again, use technology to show uh, you're going to get really excellent results. Another thing, too, is you're going to excite the young worker, too, uh, and not just young, but young and old. But if you right. can see what's happening and that's why YouTube's so popular today, right? You, you know, even just uh, the other day, you know, something's wrong with my dishwasher. I went to YouTube to go see uh, how I should <laughs> fix it, not just read the manual. In fact, I didn't even go to the manual, right, uh, right to YouTube. 
Um, yeah. And so we're seeing that that is a very powerful tool, but yet we don't utilize it in our business. Yeah. So, so yeah. So coaching and showing is really important uh, mind shift that we have to take when we think about this idea of training. Right. And, and, uh, and that comes with it. Some pretty big changes, right? It's not just, it's not just wallpaper. We're throwing on this here. It is really in a different way of going about it. It means capturing and video all the things that you do. So that crown molding, how you do that, how you install that, how you're, you're putting your finish nails on, how you're backing that, all those details. If you're not capturing that in a way people can watch that and view it, then you're just telling and you're going to get very small results from that kind of program versus something that actually records that whole process and something we can watch. Yeah. So I was telling this story to a fellow yesterday on a consulting call about how my wife wanted to learn how to build, uh, make salsa. And we had a good friend who made incredibly great salsa dip and and she got all the instructions. But it wasn't until Lydia showed her how to do it that it came out right. And I think just little steps get missed when we're just telling somebody what to do versus when we're doing it, you go like, oh, look at that. That little thing right there, you didn't tell me to do that, but that makes all the difference in the world. So I think showing is definitely the thing. Yeah. And and while we can go back to, okay, well, I'll put them on my hip and they'll they'll watch me do stuff. And that's kind of the way we did it for, for centuries. Um, uh, that also comes with some limitations, right? And that is that, well, what if I want to replay it? Right. I'm a learner. I didn't. I, what, is, what was that step again? And in and the old way requires that learner to remember every step that we just saw live and no way to replay it with right. today's technology. Now I can accelerate that learning process because I can go back and whoop. Oh, yeah. I just rewind. Oh, OK. There it is. Oh, I see how he's doing it. And they can learn much more quickly. And it also eliminates another problem. And that's what I call training drag. So you get this, this drag on your good people, right? So you've got, you know, we got newbie we, comes in and now he's going to bring down my best guy because he's got to train him, right? And that means weeks to months of you know, nursing him along. And you'll often see the experienced people kind of, you know, roll their eyes when they hear we hired a new person. Why? Because they know they're going to get dragged down. They have to do double the work. Yeah, I think the other the other problem, especially in the remodeling world, is just that you don't do the same thing every day. I mean, you might be remodeling an addition on a house or something like that, and you might do framing, but then you don't do framing again for three months because you're you're doing all the other steps in between. And so it really limits the availability of the active um, looking at somebody doing the work. I think that's a, another challenge that we have in that. Yeah, so, I totally agree. Yeah. In our pre-show conversations, you mentioned something called learning science. Is this what we're talking about? Is this the- This is. This, this is part of it. Yes. It's the whole yeah. idea of uh, how can we speed up, like learning science, fancy name for, well, how do we speed up retention, right? How do we get to proficiency faster than the traditional model, traditional ways, right? And there are a lot of things that go into that. And we've learned a lot today. Um, uh, and one of the key aspects of learning science is what we call recursion. 
being able to, and you just hit it on the head, right? All right. I, I mentor a guy on framing, but now we're not going to be on another framing job for six months. Well, guess what? There is very little recursion as the, as the term is used. Okay. The repeat. In other words, it's the repeating of that process until right. it sinks in. Cause you're not going to be a one and done committed to memory. That'll happen on some knowledge, but most of it, more than 90% will be lost and forgotten under that first attempt. But on that second and third and fourth and fifth attempt, now I'm starting to retain a much higher percentages of that. And we reverse that model to now retaining 80 to 90% of the knowledge instead of losing it. Well, that only happens if you create those abilities to recurse on that information. So again, not to get too technical, but that's what learning, one of the aspects of learning science that's very important to us is how do we, through technology, increase that 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 ability for them to dig back in repeat that experience and create challenges because it's not just watching it again and again and again but it's also <laughs> challenging the learner in from different ways so that they're exercising that mental muscle and that's what's going to commit it to long-term memory and what we've been able to do through learning science is cut the training times by more than half more than half, um, and in in accelerating this whole onboarding process, which is going to save everybody time. It's going to allow young learners to get in the business and faster, as opposed to dropping out because they're impatient. So there's a lot of big implications of, of being able to speed this whole thing up. So I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you with the challenge idea here. So uh, what I'm picturing is, and I know from talking with you offline that. We're talking about some videos, uh, and if I go back and look at the same video a hundred times, how do I get challenged? So you mentioned that you have to challenge people. How do I get challenged if I'm just looking at the same old video over and over and over again? Yes. What we've done is we've tapped into AI, and you're hearing a lot about AI, and this can be scary and all that stuff, but- The reality is we're not replacing jobs with this one. We're using AI to enhance human performance. And I'm big on that. And um, well, that's for another topic on another day. But the bottom line is why not use this fancy computer to monitor each learner and, and be able to determine where they're at? Um, present them with different challenges and questions. Um, if you had to do that and you had five guys or 10 guys or, you know, 100, you know, it would be a daunting challenge, but the computer can do it. No problem. And so that's what we're doing. And we've built the AI engine to basically monitor and develop custom curriculum for each employee. And that allows us to speed up that whole process in the learning. So give us an example, because you're talking to a guy that, I mean, I do use a computer, obviously, but I also use paper and pen quite often. And so AI is sort of not in my wheelhouse. Give us an example of how that might uh, apply. And, And obviously it's part of your system. So let's say I'm a learner and I'm going along and, and I took a module, and, but I didn't answer, I didn't pass the, the knowledge check, the questions at the end, or I missed questions one, three, and five. And those had to do with foundation footers. Well, the system's going to make note of that and say, okay, they're weak on foundation footers. Now let's let's present them maybe with some basics and foundation and concrete. And it will then start to mold and shape what we're presenting that learner to strengthen their weakness. And so that's 
that's one of the things that we're doing with it. And it's really fascinating. Uh, another area uh, is to actually pre-test your employees using the uh, AI so that every, let's say Monday, they get three questions on a Monday morning, they have to answer on their cell phone. And, uh, and the system can quickly learn where their strengths are, where their weaknesses are, and then develop a curriculum that's fit to that individual. So it's really amazing what we can do if, if we utilize technology that way. It just makes me want to weep for joy. I don't know. I, you know, I don't know how to, how else to say it. It just sounds so, I mean, honestly, to me, it sounds like we can't do that for 50 more years, but obviously it's being done now. And uh, I think adds a, an incredible uh, dimension to this, uh, to this thing. So most of the people that we deal with uh, and probably many of our listeners are very proud of the way they've built their process, their systems, their quality, that kind of thing. So how can companies personalize something like this for their business? What, how do they make it their own? I mentioned earlier that I want it done this way. I don't care what they say in right. this other company. I want it done this way. How do, how do companies make it their own? Well, in our world, we, again, utilize the, the fact that everybody's got a cell phone in their pocket or nearby in the truck, and that's a recording device. So we should be using that on a regular basis on a job to take pictures, which they probably do, but maybe not enough. And moreover, record videos of various different things. So when you, you know, you open up a wall on this, you know, 1893 house and you're seeing something you never saw before, record it. Take the few minutes to record and document as you're going along. And what you're doing doesn't have to be perfect. We're not looking for Hollywood productions. But as you start to capture this, you're building your institutional knowledge for your small company, right? And that's valuable because now the next guy can see what we did on that house two years ago. And, and, and now it's not an, an, a whole surprise or we got to sit down and talk through it. We can just Go and watch the video of what we did on this old house. So this is um, the, a method that um, we've effectively built into our application that makes that super easy and, and it keeps everything organized. So you're not necessarily advocating setting up a tripod with an I, iPhone and so that every single action on the job site is documented with video or... Or are you? No, no, that's okay. that's not practical. And um, yeah, we're not we're not endorsing the cop cam uh, here for <laughs> for builders, but uh, but it's it's just the voluntary capture of the important stuff, the rights and the wrongs, and all the uniquenesses and all the things that are unique to your company. If you just create a little video about it, again, it could be could be 10 second video, could be a minute and a half video, doesn't matter. The point is you start capturing this stuff and through uh, our company, we'll make that into institutional knowledge for you. Write the test questions, build out the learning and turn that into something that when you bring in your newbie, they can go through this stuff and, and learn quickly. All right. So one of the questions I'm consistently asked, particularly as I go to places like San Francisco, uh, Texas, Arizona, is am I bilingual? And I say, <laughs> sure, I speak American and English. And uh, <laughs> or yes, I speak North and South, but I definitely don't speak Spanish and I don't speak a lot of the languages that are out there. Like this has got to be a challenge for the training environment as more and more people come into this business. What, what are your thoughts on this? 
Yeah, it's a huge problem, and 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 not a problem, but it's it's an opportunity because we need we need workers. And yeah. um, uh, recently, we got a request to do Russian, and and why is that? Oh, well, wow. we're getting some Ukrainian refugees that are now coming into the trade base, and. Uh, mainly on the east, uh, we see it more happen east to west. Um, so our eastern clients really are are really dominating with the multiple language. But Portuguese is big, um, Spanish is a no brainer, and so we've had to create learning that effectively is is geared towards uh, uh, multilingual. And is there a? I mean, again, being a little bit ignorant of this, is there like a program that just if I'm talking right now? then I'll be able to, you know, come across in Spanish uh, once it's put into uh, uh, another program? Or do you actually have to have uh, Spanish speakers do the auditor- the the wording for you? Well, again, we're using today's technology to make that fast and inexpensive. Um, so it's a combination right now for us. We have um, computers that are helping us translate, and then we have uh, humans that are recording the voiceover so that we can get the cadence and the timing proper. And uh, But then we deliver a product that basically is high-quality multilingual it's not you know your your foreign movie with a little (laughs) caption at the bottom where you have to read it in a foreign language we actually do the audio in the native tongue so that it can be listened to uh hands-free they could get value from that or or uh they're driving in the car they could listen to it or or they're on the job site as well they can um uh, be able to hear what's going on as well as watch well as you uh you discussed fixing your uh, dishwasher and going to a YouTube video. Uh, when I do that, I do the same thing. It's, you know, there's a six minute video and there's a two minute video. I'm going two minutes all day. Um, so <laughs> when we're talking about learning science, you know, one thing I think we'll all teachers and learners battle is attention span. So is there a, a, a time frame or a length of time in terms of the video that you shoot that is perfect for a learner? Yeah, we like to see under five minutes. I think uh, this whole idea of shorter is better is really a, a key. Um, and uh, but we really we see anything from thirty seconds to 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 five minutes has value. Five is getting on the long. When it gets beyond that, we we generally try to find a way to break it up. Um, but unfortunately, that's a generational thing. Where you know, if you've ever been around the young kids, they they they're all into these short little video clips. But us older folks, we want to do long, you know, 30 minute, you know, uh, documentaries. So again, it's, it's a mind shift for us to think short and sweet. Uh, we call it micro learning and uh, in the, in the business. And uh, it's very powerful because in the end, we can only remember so much. So if you make something too long, most of it ends up in the garbage can anyway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm here in my, I'm here in the audience go, man, I can't even decide what the, how to cut that board in five minutes or less. <laughs> right. It's hard to think that way, but you have to yeah. break it up into steps. It's not making it, you're not trying to pack 
30 minutes into five minutes. But what you're saying is break that 30 minutes into five minute steps. What's step one? All right. Well, I'm going to set the board up. I want to make sure I have a good horse to hold my, uh, uh, my board proper before I, you know, cut blah, blah, blah. And you work your way through this step by step with little sections. It's called chunking. So again, going back to the learning science, we have to Mm -hmm. chunk this information into smaller bites and bits that we can retain. And what you get at the end is better retention in, in the end, because they are not trying to be drinking from the fire hose of knowledge. They're going to be getting it in little sips. Wow. Okay. So what you've shared with us is like, I I step into the future for many of us. So is there any, or do you have any kind of vision for what comes after this? Is there, is there anything that, that people are talking about that, like, this is going to be the next step in learning science or in, in the way that people, uh, uh, something we can look forward to, I guess. Oh, yeah. There's a lot happening in this space, actually. Um, first is the augmented reality and AI vision side of the world. Um, we see learning, and we're actually working on a prototype right now where um, basically by having a wearable device, um, you can present learning in the moment. So imagine a day where a worker, he has his hard hat on and on it, it has a lens and a camera, and it basically is uh, uh, watching what the worker's doing and giving him warning, watch out for the trench. Uh, you know, here's uh, tips on trench safety while he's in the job in real time. Uh, or, you know, this is what crown molding is and, and how you install it. Would you like to watch a video? And it literally presents it in the moment while they're on the job. So that's where we're going. We're not there yet. Um, and when I say we, I mean, we, we, we are actively working on those solutions. Uh, and we see that as a very real future for us. And, and that, yeah, construction may look a lot different going forward. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe it'll put a bunch of supervisors out of work. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it, what it does is it's going to assist the human to be um, be able to get out in the field faster and yeah. safer. It's going to yeah. save lives. I don't think it will take out supers because in the end, there's, you still need the human eye to, yeah. to, to determine did we build it right? And all the the things that the computer can't do, but what can the computer do in today's world is help us understand some basic stuff, right? It can recognize objects and then present relevant learning uh, opportunities. So I want the royalties of this idea, but here's the thought. How about a video that creates a punch list? Wouldn't that be cool? All you do is shoot a video and out pops a list of every little thing that has to be done to finish that job. Man, I'm rocking today, Steve. I mean, the brain is moving. (laughs) All right, Paul. So this is all incredible. I just love this. This is a fantastic information. You've already alluded to several of the things that your program does. I'd like you to just give us a little bit more about what you have available and and by all means let all the listeners know how they can get in touch with you well for sure thank you for that opportunity um right we're working with remodelers and builders and and contractors across america and uh and and what we are doing is through our on3 platform is we allow them to capture their own processes through the app so they download our app they can use their their camera on their phone and record processes super easy um, be able to send that off to our team through the app 
And our team then writes the test questions, builds out the slides, creates learning, and then we deliver it back in learning app, building them a custom university. So each remodeling contractor and, and company can have their own university for their company with their processes. They can also go to our library as well, which is now has thousands of modules already. So they don't have to make everything. They actually right. can come in and get I'm, a lot of folks are getting now are getting half to 75% of all of their modules are coming out of the library and they're ending up having to make you know, maybe another 50 to 25% of their own, uh, speeding up their, their, their going live. Yeah. Uh, so that's what we do today. And, and we're bringing all this technology really to the front line. And so how, the, do they, how do they get in touch with you? They can get in touch with us through our website at on3.ai. So we have the, again, the AI ending. So on3, O-N number three dot AI. That's our website. Well, this has been absolutely incredible. Again, uh, it opens my eyes to a lot of things in terms of technology, because uh, honestly, I'm not that up on it. But this really helps me understand some great possibilities. And uh, I really appreciate you taking a little bit of time here and being on the show with us. Well, thank you, Tim. I really appreciate it. And thank you, Steve, as well for the opportunity. Yeah, thank you, Paul. Take care. So, Tim, uh, recently, you know, Past couple episodes, we're in the future. Whether we like it or not, we're going. And so um, I think this is a great example as we follow up on the QR codes. Now we're uh, on the training videos. This is really a fantastic development, in my opinion. Um, I, I love to learn this way. And, you know, all the times when I think about, you know, if we had that when I was in business, I'd still be in business. <laughs> yeah, well, um, so, Steve, we're going to have to stop saying training, right? We got to start using no, I love coaching. Got to start talking it's, about coaching and not training. And I think that's a that's a kind of a cool idea here that coaching is really what it's all about. In other words, taking somebody where they are and coaching involves motivating, it involves information, it involves um practice. It, invo it involves so many more things than just our sort of view of training. So I really, really liked uh, that thing. And I'm going to try to, there's this other thing. I tried to write it down. Recursion. I don't, I didn't even have to spell that, but recursion and the concept that the video thing can give you a greater process of recursion. In other words, it can reoccur more often in terms of training which I thought that's a, that's a great thing uh, to have as part of this setup. Yeah. I mean, repetition or recursion in, in any type of learning as you go along, you know, when you get a series of steps the first time, um, you know, it's not going in, but right. when you actively do it uh, hands-on and then look at it again with some context and then do it again. Now we, now we start looking at, I guess, recursion as Paul was saying, but, um, and that is an interesting word. That's my yeah. first time. <laughs> Going to have um, to learn how to spell it one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the other thing that I was, I'm, I'm really keen on, although I don't know very much about it, is the AI stuff yes. and yes. the ability that's, that's for huge. the program that they're doing to actually give your team member a little test, see what they know, what they don't know, and then offer up information to fix some of the things that they don't know without you having to 
you know, do that evaluation and so forth like that. And then the whole concept and everybody tries to do this, but I don't think we do it very well of sort of pre-testing, if you will. You know, somebody comes in and you want to be able to place them in, you know, apprentice, uh, carpenter, lead carpenter, master carpenter, but you don't really know what they know. And and I joke about how everybody knows everything in an, in a job interview, right? But if you can walk them through some kind of pre-testing thing that really digs in and finds out what they know, then maybe you stand a better chance of putting them in the right place in your organization, paying them right amount of money for what they know how to do. And then also then they're set up to start learning, you know, from there out uh, with the program. Yeah, I think that part's huge in terms of the hiring and the ability to get a uh, a handle on their acumen coming in. Uh, yeah. Another thing I thought was very cool that Paul said is, you know, when you think about the, the old word training and coaching <laughs> with uh, an employee, it is a burden, you know, when you have somebody that's going to be uh, and maybe you didn't estimate for the time it takes to show somebody. Now, you know, I think there still is um, some of the old ways of grab a broom and, you know, <laughs> follow along and watch. Uh, I don't think that sticks like it used to, like you mentioned. Um, so I, I find this thought of, you know, trying to tackle it both ways. It's got to happen in the field, but, you know, having a, a step ahead with the video going into it. Very All right. Important. So. As we wrap up, I was just thinking that, you know what? Uh, our podcasts are too long. You know, people have told me they uh, they like the fact that they're not an hour or two, but uh, maybe they're only supposed to be five minutes. But I don't know. Yeah, I, don't if know I, can get, I don't know if I can get my thoughts together in five minutes. So just yeah, a little. I think audio is different. <laughs> All right, man. We'll still be in business. All right. Well, this has been fantastic. We want to thank Paul Cardis for joining us today. We always want to thank you for listening to another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. And remember, at The Tim Fowler Show, we're working really hard to eliminate it is what it is from your vocabulary. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.